Hello, and welcome to A Chat with Uma with me, your host, Uma R. Chatterjee. On this podcast, I bring together all of my roles as a neuroscientist, researcher, board-certified mental health peer specialist, mental health advocate, community builder, and a survivor with lived experience to bring you honest and unfiltered conversations exploring our true human experiences in their fullest form. Every week, I'm bringing you conversations bridging the gap on all things neuroscience, psychology, mental health, lived experience, advocacy, psychedelics, and more. This is a space for raw, unfiltered truth to truly explore ourselves for who we are and how we are. I cannot wait to connect with you, answer all of your questions, and co-create this with you. Welcome to A Chat with Uma. Hello, my beautiful friends. I am back, and it has been a minute. It's been a few weeks, about a month, maybe a little bit over a month, and I definitely did not warn y'all about this because I didn't know it would happen either. And truthfully, (laughs) I'm kind of sweaty. Like, I'm kind of nervous coming back. I've been really um, anticipating this episode. It's maybe been a buildup of, like, how do I explain it? How do I make it okay? Et cetera, et cetera. And I know, and I'm realizing on a visceral level too, but logically, I know that it's just an explanation of life being what it is and living and breathing the example that I would hope I share for others of working on self-compassion and life ebbing and flowing and needing to take a step back and deal with the circumstances and there in this time since I've started the podcast there was one week that I missed an episode and that was because one of my parents had a very scary accident and was staying with us and I had to take care of them and you know just a lot and you know that made sense and I felt so so guilty and shameful about taking a week off only to then several weeks later take a few weeks off and you know it's a testament of faith and self-love and compassion and commitment to come back and just just own it and this episode is just a recap of all of this time but I just wanted to be as always you know this so so honest about how I feel what's coming up for me just not putting on this facade of oh yeah I was gone and now I'm back and we're returning back to normal which we are in the sense that you know these conversations are not going anywhere and oh my gosh I cannot tell you the number of episodes I have interviews with amazing people that are ready to go that just need me to actually edit them and put them out in the coming weeks which will be happening because life is kind of sort of getting back on track now I mean I'm starting to realize that there might not be a track or on track that I just keep desperately hoping for maybe at the stage or ever but it's barring you know unforeseeable circumstances which are always possible things are coming back to where they were and even better so I have so many episodes ready to go and the summer is chock full of interviews that I am so, so, so excited about with people whom I have looked up to for so long and they're on the books. And I'm just, uh, I won't be a tease, but I'm so excited for all that there is to come. 
But I also wanted to acknowledge that I committed to myself and to everybody that I'm going to be here every week. And I did that for a while. And then I needed some time. And I didn't know I needed the time. And I'll catch you up on everything. But I just want to say hello. And I miss you all so much. And I'm sending you all so much love. All the love that I'm trying to give myself, I am fully giving to you all. And you know what's wild? What's so wild to me is I, you know, this is new. The podcast is new. I've been an advocate and someone speaking and sharing for quite a long time throughout the years and different ways in my life. But the podcast itself and like consistently committing to something and completely being on my own platform has been a new thing and you know I'm very very early in my journey of learning and doing and being in this way as you of course know and I mean I just started this at the beginning of the year so I totally 1000% believed that you know there's a reason that commitment and consistency and momentum is a thing that is generally helpful for nurturing an audience and creating a community and being just showing up, you know, and know and people generally knowing that there will be another conversation with Uma next week and I can reliably keep listening and stay engaged because this is new and we're developing this space of trust and and support and love here, right? So I knowing all of that was fully a thousand percent convinced that with this inadvertent pause I need to take for a few weeks that, okay, there goes the podcast, there goes, you know, the, the community that has been developing and the engagement, the interest, there's going to be no listens, no new listeners, no nothing. And those who were listening will probably drop it and think that this was just a podcast that someone started and talked for, you know, a few episodes because there's so many podcasts, you know, there's podcasts that have like three episodes or maybe like 10 episodes and then nothing. It just They just stop because someone tries it out and they think it's, you know, going to work and then it's not for them and they stop, right? So I was so afraid people were going to think that and I was just fully ready to basically start over with this episode and rebuild what I did not expect in the slightest was number one, you know, this is not for the numbers. This is not for any sort of thing. Like I'm showing up as I am for this because I care and I love this and I am committed to it. And it's for me and for you. However, there are numbers to just generally speaking, show me if the things I'm talking about are engaging and what do people resonate with and what do they not and what keeps you know, people the most supported and and happy listening to this and how can I best serve the community that I'm building and talking to. So those numbers definitely thought they'd be like, you know, close to nothing, zero, and it would just be stagnant. (laughs) The reality blew my mind somehow, some way. I, I mean, I would love to know who the new people are that are joining us and how like how you're learning about this how this is growing because I think I don't know I'm so bad at math but like whatever everything was like at the time I had like the last episode I put out a few weeks ago to like now it's increased by I think the number is 125 percent basically like 
a fourth of what has happened has now been added. So, so the point is like a fuck ton more plays and unique listeners. And just every week I, I look, I try not to look too much, but I look and I'm like, okay, this is the week that the listener count is going to go down and the numbers are just going to stop and it just keeps going and going and going and going up every week and I am just like who is listening where is this coming from are like I think it's across the board most of the episodes are getting new listens there are a few that like get far more than the others or like that were the most popular but across the board all of them have been getting a bunch more listens and I just have to say number one welcome thank you for being here and I'm so so excited to welcome you to this beautiful space and community that we're co-creating together and to the people I'm guessing that have been listening that have been here from the start, I'm guessing that you're sharing the show with new people in your world who are then coming into the space and and partaking and listening. And that is so beautiful to me. It's so wild. It's one thing to be on the side of the microphone and camera and just be asking y'all to share this and to be in support of the show and to share it with your friends and and recommend it to people if you if it calls to you it's another thing to actually see that happening and it's you know I could attribute that to oh I'm putting out podcasts every week and blah 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 but it's actually so beautiful to have had this data point of I, I stop and people are still coming and listening and growing and that has to be I mean I can't think of any other reason other than because of y'all it has to be because of y'all I've eliminated pretty much all the other variables other than, I don't know, circumstance, but I I don't think it is. I I think it's y'all. And so thank you so much. That just really just felt like so much love and such a big hug, like through this, the past several weeks of, of not being able to record episodes and just feeling so sad and shameful and disconnected and and all of the negative self-talk I had just to see like literal objective proof of the other of of it being otherwise just means so much because this this space and you all mean so much to me and for y'all to to show up and to support me and of course the messages and like asking where I was and like am I okay but I've been posting ish on social media so y'all know that I'm like alive and decently okay so there's just been the question of is the podcast coming back are you are you doing it and of course to those who ask I said yes it's just a pause so thank you and I love you all so much and hmm enough teeing it up let's just get into the episode and, and all the recaps all the background and spilling all the tea and sharing all the heart all the things hmm. okay so let's go back to early may of obviously this year it's june 18th right now because yes i'm recording this right before the day it comes out because i just want the freshest update possible and i'm procrastinating anyway so may early may of this year i had just come off of like (laughs) 
I don't even know, like 10 presentations in the weeks prior on so many different platforms, domains, mostly conferences. It was just so much. And I had come back from England from a 10-day trip amongst still being in full-time school and getting close to graduation and all my lab work. And it was just a lot. And I was already reaching my the end of my rope, like bandwidth wise, but I had to just hold the fuck on and just go, go, go because it was the end of the semester. It was all of the final projects and exams and like just everything that comes at the end of the semester. Also, I was about to graduate. It's my final semester ever. And so just really wanting to end on a strong foot and make sure, frankly, that I get that 4.0 GPA. And that's part of it. A lot of it was my lab work. So, you know, my lab work is so, so, or it was because I'm done-ish. But my lab work for my master's was so, so intensive. Y'all heard me talking about it and posting about it all the time because I was always in the lab outside of classes and, you know, surviving. And I was doing such long experiments and so in terms of like finishing out it's it's kind of a funny thing like graduation's one thing it's like graduating from school being done with the degree moving on like you've met your commitment with a lab like I'm doing this amongst my master's degree it's like a huge part of my development it's probably like by far where I spent the most amount of time for my degree And there's an element of getting, for at least in my program, like getting credits for it toward my degree. But what I did for the lab and my work was far beyond the credits and the requirements and everything. So it's like this whole other situation, relationship, like commitment to close out. And so it's not just like, oh, the semester's over, I'm graduating, bye. Like I was using that as a time marker for what I was going to ideally leave the lab but it's really about like finishing your experiments and not just that but the data analysis and like so I maintained my schedule of all of, of the same intensity of my lab work and ramped it up a little bit actually in terms of specifically my experiments and, and to close everything out and then there were so many other things to close out which took out far longer than I expected and kids don't recommend but I had to okay I mean like long story short it wasn't super fun but um the experiment I do it's like the same it's it's really long there's a lot to it but it's like doing the same thing over and over multiple times a week and so there's like a fuck ton of papers in terms of like literal papers like pieces of paper where I'm writing down all of the things that happen because for anyone who most of y'all are probably not in a wet lab or in a biological research lab like you have to write everything down you have to log absolutely everything related to your experiment like the dosages of things and the timing of things and did the animal wake up at this point did the animal like it's it's subjective based on experiment but for my experiment it's a very long like six to eight hour experiment every single time I do it (laughs) and there's so so much to write down and so I had come up I'm a systemizer I'm an optimizer like that's my brain works and so I had come up with a system of like rather than okay so we have lab notebooks and that's where people write everything down and these are so 
so they're tedious as fuck but they're so precious and so important to research because it's really where integrity is held and where everything is recorded primarily in the moment ideally or like very soon after and it's you know the record of all things especially because once you know you parse through data or there's questions about things like that is the living breathing like diary of time where everything is logged and you can see like for example there's like this weird week where the data looks different like oh you can see that maybe these things happened and there was a commonality or maybe the temperature was different or you know whatever so this lab notebook is in some hugely important to research and i with my six to eight hour experiment every single day had like i would say like at least 10 to maybe 12 pieces of paper to write all this stuff on but like not in my notebook because I systemized it so I typed out like basically a skeleton to remind me of all the things I needed to write down plus more and so I had like that many papers per experiment and you know I just kept telling myself like oh I'll just eventually put them in my lab notebook and like organize all of it until the end of the time when I was supposed to be there so that was like a huge undertaking but I just knocked it out in like two days but it was just that was a lot so that was one tiny part of it but in reality I was just saying that's an example of like one thing that had to be done before leaving the lab but there are far more things it was you know taking all of the tissue that I had frozen or cut um in, from the animals that I've done my experiments on because I had been building a repository of a bunch of tissue for like a lot of it I had processed and done stuff but then you know my primary experiment then collected so many different things for so many different other analyses and experiments to be done by other people that will you know be other parts of like the papers that I'm going to be a part of and so I had to go through and like I'd been very diligent about like logging them properly and labeling them and I had a whole system but like I had to go through and make sure all of it was actually there it was labeled like meta labeled so that anyone who could like who would participate this in the future could like go in look at my stuff and know exactly what to do where everything was and just like there was so much there was like so much to go through and then writing basically like an entire paper when I say paper I mean like a research paper about all the work I had done and like do and then that including doing all of the data analysis which was wild and it was so fulfilling but it was so much just work and interpretation and really 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 taking ownership of my data and my work as a master's student as someone who did a lot of experiments like very very intensively and I guess all of that to say I mean I just rambled about like some of the details and some of them I skipped the details but the point is like it was I thought I would be done with the lab like by the time I literally like walked the stage or the day after so I scheduled my final like downloading like offboarding meeting with my PI my mentor Dr. Kolber the day after I walked the stage and I think I walked the stage on like the 17th of May and so my meeting was the 18th of May and then I was like okay I will be done and I had done to my credit I had done so much work to prepare for that meeting because I tried to anticipate and glean like any type of thing I'd been I'd be asked to do and I did and I was you know I was given affirmation of like being so prepared and, and yet there was still more to do and honestly like I'm the one who offered up more things to do like I had more questions more ways to analyze my data more edits just like things I wouldn't really mass of me but I wanted to leave like feeling 
as much as I could that I had been like fully I'd done my best and I had given all I could give and that doesn't really end necessarily like in science and research because you know the totality of everything that would go into the papers that are going to come out for my work are still ongoing and so there's still more contributions to like reanalyze things and add to the picture and write and whatever but in terms of like the finality of as much as I could do I I just wanted to make it as robust as possible and that meant so much more work and so it, it yeah so I did that that was amongst just such a interesting transition period of actually graduating with my master's which like I totally glossed over <laughs> in talking about the lab stuff because on the one hand it felt like oh I'm, I'm not done like I have so much to do but on the other hand like holy shit I finished a master's degree in neuroscience like like four years ago I was just like Never thought I would go back to school to redeem my 1.83 GPA at my undergrad at the one institution I thought I would never go back to. And like my life was in complete shambles. And I'm now graduating with a master's degree. Like I, that's almost a whole other episode, like processing that. But really, it's just, it was such a strange time. It was so overwhelming. It was so fearful. And there were so many, it was just like rife of intrusive thoughts of like, did I do enough? Did I learn enough? Am I deserving of this? Like, you know, those are the logical versions of the thoughts, but really it was so intrusive, so overwhelming of just feeling like it would get taken away from me illogically, or I was a fraud, I was a fake, like, you know, you can imagine, probably. And it was a it was a whole lot to move through and I was in I was such fear of it like falling through and it didn't. It didn't. I graduated with 4.0 and somehow, some way I'm here. And that was just a lot emotionally. I was also, I've just been going nonstop since I started like regaining functionality and going back to school and for my undergrad and then my master's. And I was so overwhelmed with how much I had been doing. And at the same time, it kept me slightly consumed and distracted from all of the like processing and space and, you know, like transition to the next chapter that I was so fucking afraid of because I had gotten comfortable with like the chaos of all that I'd been working to, but only to like actually work to something and get it and then be in transition to something new. Like that's so new for me. Like you hear me talking today about all of the things I'm doing and where I'm going and my degrees and my identities and blah, blah, blah. But like, this is so, so new to me relative to the decades I spent just being so lost and confused. And like, I never dreamed about a life like this. Like I didn't even aspire for it because I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind that it's a possibility for me. And so I just have not had the space to to adjust to or even like try to start acclimating to this reality as much as there is obsessional doubt like there is a part that can just kind of process and slow down and start to slightly work on acceptance of of all that is and so that was all just you know coming to a head and graduating and ending the lab meant that I was officially I had done all of these things and I'm moving on to the next thing and the next thing is so fucking afraid. And by next thing, I mean moving and starting a PhD in neuroscience amongst all the other things I'm doing, but like that being the main thing. 
it's so much more comfortable to just be a student, like a master's student working toward this thing that now has been handed to me that I have earned and graduating from a lab feeling just like incomplete and feeling like I, I'm just, I'm working toward this thing. And like, in particular, my experiments, it's kind of funny and a testament to like feeding into the long game for me and not getting this immediate satisfaction of like my experiments take so long and I have to my particular experiment just had so many more subjects than the average experiment because of the nature of it which we can get into another day but there was honestly just this comfort of like feeling like I'm in this marathon I'm in this marathon I'm like so deep in it and I don't have to like I'm so far from the finish line I'm working so hard at this marathon even though it feels like I'm putting forth the effort of a sprint um because honestly that's what I was doing I was like sprinting amongst marathon a marathon maybe one day I'll actually do any of this like an actual marathon but (laughs) metaphorically I'm sprinting in this marathon and it feels comfortable to be far from the end because I am so afraid of being who I am at the end and then starting something new based on what I had accomplished in my first ever marathon that I didn't even know was possible so being just deep in this marathon like it was I was so tired and burnt out and over it honestly very over it and craving space and time and yet my system also wasn't feeling like it was ready for that and so there was the comfort of that and then I can kind of see how once I technically graduated it was so fucking scary to just move into a different space of less going on and and processing all I had done and the transition and moving forward and like really accepting stuff and I definitely kept that marathon going with like my lab work until I just couldn't and I had to just be done which took far longer than I wanted it was the beginning of June (sighs) but I did it and I wish I could tell you that then I started the time I needed but I didn't. Instead, in the time since then, it's been a combination of actual things going on in life that warranted a lot more attention and bandwidth and pain and fear and stress for an average, you know, a regular human being outside of me to begin with. And then there's also the roles I played in that and my own baggage and, and the ways that I cope maladaptively that just really have gotten me to this place or I guess a little bit earlier than this place because obviously I'm here now and things are hopefully shifting but I was just in such a state of overwork and overwhelm and I felt frozen ending and there were opportunities to throw myself into because I being me (laughs) as much as I have been just telling everybody and craving that like this summer I'm gonna have space and time outside of the few conference the few the few conferences that I'm going to that fill me up and are not easy but simple and bring me joy this is gonna be space for me to finally rest and have time before I start this new level of marathon at the PhD but my system was just not was so afraid of actually resting and I had set myself up for a far busier summer than I thought I would just I mean high level long story short 
there are multiple conferences and it's not as simple as just presenting at them. There's also involvement from like organizations I'm in and the, the roles I hold within them that are far more than presenting. It's like sponsorships and events and media and doing the nitty gritty and planning and doing and, you know, utilizing my strategic brain that from a past life of work and careers and how I'm applying that now and being so aligned with the mission of things. I've just like taken it upon myself to fill all the gaps of everything that's not being done and just like throw myself into stuff and feeling like if they don't get done, everything's going to go to shit. And, you know, two things can be true. Like these are amazing opportunities that for, you know, my work and more importantly, I for my the organization that I'm in that I think it's valid to want to take full advantage of these opportunities and do the absolute most and best to you know make the biggest impact and grow as an organization and for me I have really struggled with like because something can be done it 100% should be done and there is no caveat of like my actual well-being or bandwidth or time and so I'm basically just like working all day every day even though I'm not in school I'm not in lab and you know again those things and this is before getting into like the more serious stuff but like those things weren't time and energy and I have made it to where there is no option for me and there's no end and it just needs to be better and I can't I haven't been able to accept that maybe there's a limit to what we can do in my bandwidth and beyond that it just is what it is and it will be as good as it is and we will move on and grow from there at a different pace and I just my system just like latched onto that because it was an excuse to just be busy and I'm saying it like it's done. It's not done. (laughs) And there's more conferences and I'm so excited. But there was that. And then more importantly, I would say, or I guess more importantly in terms of like the gravity of the situation, I've talked about on the podcast before, both my parents are having, at the same time, being completely separate from each other. Um, They're completely separate from each other. They're divorced, alone, immigrants. They're both having health crises, and I've been dealing with one of my parents' cancer cancer diagnosis um, and going through active treatment and supporting them and complications, and it's been a lot, and th- this past several weeks have been like a, without giving too much away for their privacy, it's just like a huge sprint of daily active intensive treatments that as a caregiver for them as their primary caregiver I've been working through with them and anytime I'm not doing that I'm putting into basically working over full time for all the different things I have signed up for that I believe in that I'm doing and this is not a complaining thing at all it's really not I take full responsibility for it I think there's a bigger conversation to be had about the way I've been operating with this and I know I'm not the only one here's the hard truth for me the coexisting truths, I guess. On the one hand, I am a human who needs space and rest and recovery, processing, ideally hobbies, things for fun, not being productive all the time, resting, taking care of myself. And the other coexisting unfortunate truth, because the first one wasn't unfortunate, but the second one is the coexisting unfortunate truth is that all of the things I just listed, my system thinks is a threat. I have been conditioned to 
and have developed coping un- unhelpful maladaptive coping strategies to not do any of those things and it is far easier to just busy myself to the bone and to be consumed by high level performance and vigilance and all of these things and the thought processes that really fuel those really unhealthy standards and ways of operating are very valid and are rooted in the sad, traumatic, grief-ridden reality that I lived so much of my life dysfunctional. Up till I was really, truly, I mean, things started to turn around at 23, 24-ish. I'm 27 now. And things really sped up, like 25-ish. So the last three years, really, have been of any, and I'm not saying even to this level, this level I'm at now is like nothing I've ever experienced, but the three years, the past three years of my life, relative to 27 years, so really like 24 years versus three years of like completely different existence of recovery, of purpose, of presence, of capability, of improvement, glimpses of joy, passion, drive, just a totally different life. And I've also like truly almost lost my life multiple times, both from attempts on my life and just being so acutely aware of like, man, had I actually died from those attempts, I would never have lived this way. And I was so close to that I'm so acutely aware of the preciousness of life and the the gratitude and the luck of things turning around for me and then like actually almost dying from being riddled by illness and then particularly with cancer it's just coming out of that all of that that you know builds up to all of that and then like life changing I'm living with an actual reality in the thoughts of like wow I have this new chance at life let me maximize this let me do as much as I can let me take advantage because you never ever know when life is going to end and when things can change and that has been true and is normal-ish for people who are coming out of survival mode and who have struggled for so long and who you know are getting a new chance at life in their perception and it has gone so far beyond that and has completely just coalesced and dug its claws into my maladaptive coping mechanisms and given it so much fertile ground to just fuel working and doing and being productive and being busy all the time to avoid all that lies underneath and that needs attention to because it's so scary it feels so unsafe you know and it's hard it's also hard because i'm really sitting with this concept of well let me back up before i explain the concept so many times people are burnt out and so miserable because they're living their life out of integrity out of authenticity out of alignment out of just you know all those buzzwords but like really what i'm trying to say is like they're doing things they didn't they don't want to do. They're living li- lives that they don't want to live. They don't care. They're not passionate. Like, and it's not in any way. This is not like 
because they're wrong or bad. It's because like we've been conditioned to just follow paths and, you know, we've been fear mongered and shamed into doing things we should do versus what we want to do. And, you know, people come into their passions if they're lucky later in life. And there's so many people living that way. And burnout oftentimes for many people comes from living so like burnout and sickness and pain and just suffering so many times. It's not the only reason, but can be hugely fueled by by not doing what they and some like want to be doing and living a life that they want to live and then they you know seek out a path of doing things differently and their lives improve right the issue for me is all that was true plus like so much other suffering that you know about or will know about if you listen to previous episodes and then I started building a life and and starting to learn about myself and paving and carving a path that has taken twists and turns and gone places I did not expect it to but my life is so much like driven by purpose and I love the things I do I love everything I do I'm so passionate if it's not obvious I'm just I love everything about where I put my energy and time and so it's really hard because that's the answer for me isn't, oh, like you're just not doing what you want to do. It's you're doing too much and you're so lit up that that's burning you out. The concept of being so lit up that you're burnt out because you're doing so much and you're so activated and you're so passionate and you're so busy and you're so overwhelmed because humans aren't maybe supposed to do so much. And I know everyone has different capacities and Maybe I have a higher one than I thought, but like I feel very non-resonant with the way I show up and being so on the flip side of all of that I said, just like so scattered, so overwhelmed, so behind, so not taking care of myself, so tired, so, you know, I, I still live with disabilities and chronic illnesses and like I already, I mean, even I've heard this from so many different people, but like even the most able-bodied, like functional healthy person doing the amount that I'm doing probably would be able to sustain it in a healthy way it's just too much for like a mind to handle (laughs) like this many things and of course people do it and how they do it is their prerogative but for the most part I'm doing too much for a human in general which is really hard for me because like I it was hard for me to hear that because I kind of just thought that the reason I felt this way was because of my disabilities because of my limited bandwidth compared to other people and with the internalized judgment I have of myself I felt like that can't stop me I still like I'm alive like I need to do as much as I can like even if I have limitations like I won't let my limitations stop me and that's not self-love that's self-judgment and that's self-hate and then to hear that oh even if you didn't have these limitations like you're doing too much for a person period that was like a whole new slap in the face and and a reckoning for me of like what am I doing? And it's so hard because it's so hard to trim things for my life because they're all for the most part like super, super, super aligned. And I'm so grateful and privileged to be able to say that, that I'm there at this place in my life and I know what it's like to not be. And I know how many people aren't there. And so I think in that way, it makes things even harder because it's truly just learning to have to say no and give up or limit things that I truly want to do and love for the sake of this foreign concept of balance and space and you know my 
therapist has made a really good point that like I probably am not in a place to just like radically change everything right now like my system there's a reason it's so busy it's just a way to consume myself from not being present with less stimuli and having to like learn how to regulate myself because I'm still very very traumatized overactive like unprocessed individual and the sad answer is like slowly chipping away at it and slowly building mindfulness and slowly making more space and I I have been doing that over like the last year but like it's very slow and I don't like it and I don't like how I feel being so just overactive and stretched everywhere and yet that is what my system has done and I sound like I'm shaming myself and I probably am but I also understand at least conceptually you should see my eye roll (laughs) right now but I understand conceptually why this is happening and I'm going into all of this because I know I'm not the only one that lives this way and that feels and copes this way and I want to validate you and let you know that, of course, you're not alone. That's like the whole point of everything I do it's for you to know you're not alone and to feel empowered in progress, not perfection, but also to just have an honest and open conversation about this version of existence because it's just not talked about as much. And I wish that I heard other people just talking about having this experience, even if they don't have the answer as if a magic bullet answer existed but even if they don't have like a long-winded answer like I do or like a like a solution which I don't (laughs) I just wish I heard about it so that I could feel like I'm not the only one and not shame myself so much from a place of like look how fucked up I am compared to everybody else and I know we all know that we don't know what's actually going on in people's lives and we never know or we never will know really but I just crave more authenticity and like what's on the other side of seeing someone do all these things and being you know maybe maybe they handle it well and they're doing it from a healthy place and that's great and then there's versions of people like me where I'm constantly getting praise and accolades and whatever for like my busyness and yes and like yes the content of what I'm doing sure you may think is worth a shit I don't know I don't (laughs) see it but you do and like what is the other side of that and what is the price and is it worth it and it's not a binary answer but why not ask the question and create the space so I had to bring that up and go on that tangent with you all you're not alone and I'm working on it every single day every single day every single hour minute which sounds exaggeratory but it's really not because I'm so hyper aware probably to a fault in a judgmental way of how I'm spending my time and what I'm doing and trying not to shame myself and just feel compassion and make different choices that when I can when I have the awareness and to know that there's not really a healthy way to radically completely change the way I'm doing because systems heal slowly and as much time it took to build a system that is mine it's going to take time to adjust it and work on giving glimpses of healing to it that's just how it works and I can actually give you an example of that in action for me of just noticing and both of these things being true and just trying to make small choices 
to sort of shift things and like honestly how monumental some small choices can be rather than just like magically showing up as an entirely different person that's not even possible so obviously this these realizations are not like fully new and I've been sitting with them for a while and in the last few weeks um it was the end of May beginning of June I had this amazing opportunity I had this amazing trip that was given to me by this beautiful company named Biohaven and particularly Ethan Smith, one of the most amazing humans to exist. Just if you don't already know him, he is the he's a national advocate for the International OCD Foundation. He has been a just really, really open and incredibly powerful advocate sharing his story and making a difference in this space for a very long time. And he is also an incredibly talented storyteller, director. He created all of the OCD commercials that I'm in, that I'm, if I haven't talked about already, we will soon. It just really brings his talents together to do advocacy in a beautiful way. And so he and this amazing company named Biohaven, who co-created those commercials and have been huge in the space of raising awareness for OCD and developing novel therapeutics. They had me come to Miami to join them at the American Society for Clinical Psychopharmacology Conference because there was an event that they were hosting at the conference to lots of people in the field talking about their trials and they wanted me to be a part of it and to share my journey, my story, and present with them on the intersection of lived experience and research for OCD to talk to that community. And so it was so cool and they had me come to Miami and see I have been envisioning in my mind that there would be one day where I could just go to the beach and lay there and have space and I've just like had this fantasy in my mind because I haven't experienced the beach in that way ever and I just you know it just seems like it's peaceful and beautiful and whatever and I had this opportunity come up that I get to basically go to Miami and present and do fun things with Biohaven and then like do whatever I want in my time that I'm not doing that stuff and I was like okay this is a version of that I get to go to Miami I am staying on Miami Beach so like literally in the backyard of the hotel that they had me at I there, <laughs> there's beach that I could just walk to and be at all the time and I could sort of live out my fantasy of like laying on the beach and being present and going in the water and being in the sand and all those things and so I had this expectation and standard for myself of like I'm going to at every moment that I'm not doing work instead of going to the conference which me and conferences like take everything I rambled about before in terms of my tendencies and just like apply it to being at a conference where there's sessions all day long I take no breaks I go to everything I talk to everyone I just go 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 make the most of it blah 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 like I was like I'm gonna do the complete opposite of that I'm not gonna go to a conference and anything outside of the work I have to do there that I get to do there I'm going to be on the beach and chill and I was there for three days and outside of the time that I do work mostly, I had like half the day each day. And guess what the reality of it was? <laughs> it was, at least it was in the middle. It wasn't the other extreme, which would have been me like six months ago or a year, or maybe even three months ago. But I went and I did sit on the beach a lot. I got really dark really quick, which was an exposure in and of itself because I was raised to be afraid of getting dark because of my cultural um 
the cultural background I come from and dark people being ostracized and I was a dark person already and that's a whole other conversation for another day but I got dark from being outside which was so so cool however I was on the beach and I had my phone which I couldn't get I couldn't convince myself to just not go with my phone to like eliminate this need because I was like what if things happen and like I need an alarm and I need you know a way to contact people so I was like maybe I will limit my phone use because I don't have a charger on the beach so that's my incentive but I definitely my brain found a way to use my phone as much as possible I literally took work calls on the beach (laughs) which was cool and beautiful and also I was really upset with myself and every time I shared that with my husband he reminded me like what are you doing why are you doing this and I noticed that and then I also intentionally would notice that and rather than like waste I would notice how much time I would waste just being upset with myself about it rather than just like not engaging this is like active mindfulness right like noticing and then doing something else so I would be ruminating be self-shaming and then I'd be like yeah but there's a fucking beach in front of me there is water I could just put my phone down and go to the water for a decent amount of time then come back and it probably won't be the time I have to leave yet and I kept doing that and it was just this like beautiful toggle of like all my tendencies and then like noticing them and deciding after a while shaming myself to stop or to like take a pause and then go be in the water and like allow myself to feel glimpses and more glimpses of bliss and joy and peace and then like come back and do it again and I wish it was a glamorous story of like I just had the three days on the beach but like it was more messy and it was not perfect but had I fully gone the other way we wouldn't be having this conversation and I could I could I imagine doing this like literally three or six months ago no so progress not perfection my friends and I can't finish talking about this without telling you actually how the experience of that conference and that event was because my god was it just so cathartic and beautiful and life-changing so this was probably really like the first experience I had of like being fully called upon to talk only about my lived experience and yes I talked about research I talked about me being a researcher and how much I appreciate the research and how becoming a research was influenced by my story and my experience with OCD and other things but typically I as much as I give all these talks and whatever like they're usually about my research and I bring the lived experience into it and this Biohaven and Ethan brought me out to talk about my lived experience and my, my story with real OCD and like the impact of the research and putting resources and support toward this topic and it was just so wild to me because I was giving this talk this in front of like so many just like PIs meaning principal investigators like researchers like senior investigators whom I know by name and read most of their papers and I'm so in awe of and in reverence of and it was just it was terrifying because there's still so much stigma for people in biomedical sciences and in research and i'm not talking clinical research i'm talking about like every other kind of research to actually disclose lived experience with anything especially with mental or psychiatric illness because of the removal from like 
almost the empathy component, largely. I'm speaking at the, about the field as a whole. And so sharing the visceral details that I chose to share about my lived experience, like, yes, I'm going to do it. Obviously, it's on this podcast. It's like where I share so much with it, my research, but it's usually protected by my research and being in front of so many people I respect and know and just like talking about myself as a survivor first and foremost was just so wild and terrifying and cathartic and beautiful to just be received and held by so many people who I just know typically there's an expectation of just being rejected and being judged from (laughs) And I mean, Ethan famously told me that like he went and spoke after me as part of the whole presentation. And he said that when he got to the front, like there were a bunch of um, like, as you can guess, like old white guys um, that were weeping. And that sticks with me because it was just to, to, to and I was validated in that as well, because after the whole presentation was over, I spoke to so many people in the audience and many of them were like just people that I would never have guessed would be able to have that level of compassion and empathy and care for a condition and to receive me with my research experience and my background like as a survivor and to hold me in understanding and care. And I'm just so grateful for that experience to happen now so early relatively in my life and my career especially as I embark on my PhD program and just being in so many worse spaces like this so often because I have no choice but to show up as my full self and clearly my whole story is out on the internet with this podcast um and I show up in this way every way but like I had never done that fully fully lived experience in that setting and to like kind of burst that um what's the term like pop that virginity of that um I didn't I truly had a block that I didn't think that was possible and I was kind of like biohaven like are y'all sure that you want me to do this like do you think it's gonna work to anyone's benefit and they were right they were so right and I'm just so grateful to that fucking company and to all the beautiful people there and to Ethan for just doing things differently and having a vision and only when people actually trailblaze and do things differently can anyone else even know what else is possible and they are disrupting they're disrupting the space of biomedical science and pharmacology pharmaceutical sciences like the pharmaceutical industry they are fully disrupting it this is by the way not an ad this is not sponsored this is just me sharing my love and gratitude for these people and i am just so honored and grateful i got to be a part of that experience and to just witness things being done differently and to see more of the humanity in people and just honestly get so much more faith in people and in the jadedness that has been spread in the space for valid reason because people have been treated like shit and I've been treated like shit and I've witnessed it and to see that things could start to be done differently just means more to me than anyone will ever know and that was so huge in terms of like exposing myself and doing an exposure and being afraid on so many levels and I just wanted to share that there's so much beauty on the other side of just allowing and trying and being ready enough to try being resourced enough to try and actually doing it and you know it's it's interesting I I wish there were like a bow tying up this episode kind of like way of closing this out but the truth is there really isn't because this is ongoing and it's really just 
some form of a recap, but also just so much context and like the internal experience of what the last this this initiation into transition has been like and that's really where I'm coming from like talking through the realities and the nuances and the complexities of transition and and while the circumstances and the exact experiences are unique to me the entirety of the concept of like the 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 complication and the nuance and the the gray the messiness of transition and chapters closing and opening and all of the books that get crumpled the pages that get crumpled in between just makes sense in my head more than out loud but that transition is just it just is what it is and it's not binary and I certainly hoped and thought it would be and I didn't foresee this but of course when has anything gone simply or cleanly in my life and is there beauty or growth in that probably not so that's at least the take I'm going to take because otherwise I will just fully fester in shame and a lack of compassion in this episode and me just like coming back in a messy, honest, as usual, open, complicated way is is exactly that. So hmm. I will close with what life is looking like right now and what's coming up and how I'm going to continue to work on all this, which is just, you know, my parent just finished their round of intensive radiation, which is really, really exciting. And hopefully we'll get the results that for the time being, no more treatment is needed, just monitoring and things are shrinking in terms of the cancer. So that's really, really exciting and hopeful. So that's a, you know, bookmark period. And and if things don't go that way, then you'll probably hear from me about that too. But that's where we're at. And I tomorrow am flying out to Denver for a week for Psychedelic Science 2023, the largest conference in the world focused on psychedelic research and medicine. And I am, I'm going to talk more about like the details of all of it when I do a recap episode, because I know that's going to come from like a week's worth of experiences and learning and meeting and conference takeaways and all that stuff but for me personally it's just such a wildly full circle moment because I four years ago was at psychedelic science 2019 as a volunteer completely broken confused and lost inside barely functional don't know how I actually succeeded at volunteering and so much of that conference was me getting glimpses of inspiration to try what I never thought I would ever do which is go back to school so that maybe I could at that time I thought through psychology like work with these compounds and understand how they can support and work therapeutically for other people because I had just started experiencing the wildness that are psychedelics which you can hear all about in my yes I've done psychedelics episode and my mental health journey my full journey like all of that will catch you up the ketamine episodes but Basically, four years ago, I was at that place, and now I am going for a week, and I'm speaking twice. I'm presenting my research, and I'm presenting on a panel with the Intercollegiate Psychedelics Network and um, UC Berkeley Science uh, Center for the Science of Psychedelics, and I'm speaking twice at the very conference that really shaped so much of my path, and it's so full circle. It's so wild, and I get to show up once again as someone who is a researcher, but my lived experience, and really, my lived experience is what inspires my research and I get to advocate for OCD and PTSD and the actual awareness of these things and oof, I could go on but that is coming up this week and so much I anticipate 
will be here to share, but that's a huge opportunity for me to exercise self-compassion and balance and attempts at balance at least and just trying to make small choices that can give me a different experience compared to the ways I've done conferences and high intensity pressure situations before and then coming back getting like a week off and then going out for the International OCD Foundation conference to do it all over again in a whole new way but you'll be hearing from me amongst all of this so that's coming up and just finding space to rest and experience different things all in between before my ultimate move with my husband and dog to Madison at the end of July and packing up and transitioning and talk all about that later and then having a few weeks before starting a PhD program so there's just a there's so much going on and it's also like pretty simple just a lot of busyness and trying to rest and then moving and then starting my PhD unless life changes so there's so much to share and I will be back of course I have really kick-ass interviews and beautiful conversations that are going to be coming out soon starting next week like actually this time And then you'll hear from me on these solos as well. But I just want to say again, thank you all for being here. Thank you for showing me the love and support and kindness and care that you all have endlessly showed me and held space for me for on this podcast and sharing myself and and learning and growing and evolving as I continue to do this and being so new at it and for giving me so much love and care on social media, offline, checking in on me, and like all the things I rambled about at the beginning of this podcast for being so supportive and sharing the show and helping us grow our community and create a safe space for everyone to process and be as they are and learn and just be in solidarity and care and grow and challenge each other and evolve. And so, hmm. I'm just endlessly grateful I get to do this and I feel so much better than when I started. I was so afraid and I just have come back to feeling just all of your energy because I am talking to you all and I feel you all and mm, just thank you. And I can't wait to be back next week with an interview. I cannot wait for you to hear. It was so beautiful and you'll see soon who it is. And as always, it would mean the world to me if you could please take five seconds right now if you're listening and haven't already to give the show a five-star rating and a review and just talk about the things that you love from the show, things you might want from the show, so that other people who find the show can feel like they're landing in a safe place by seeing your own experiences and your support of it and if you can subscribe to the show so you can be the first receipt of episodes which i would love and i hope you would love to and if you can also share the show on social media with your friends whoever you think this would resonate with if you know anybody who needs to hear this or any of the other things we talk about to please just shoot people episodes it helps so much and supports me in doing this and continuing to create this more than you ever know so I'm so grateful for your support and love. I cannot wait to see you next week and have a beautiful week, y'all. See you next week for another episode of A Chat with Uma.